This is Crime Connections. We're your hosts. I'm Leah. And I'm Jackie. This is our final case that is centralized on Indigenous peoples. And I just want to take another moment to emphasize the importance of inclusion. The cases that we have discussed in the past few weeks are just a few out of thousands of cases where Indigenous people have been cast aside or forgotten. This week, we will discuss how, for decades, Indigenous peoples and their families were torn apart in Canada and their children were taken away. This is the case of the Canadian Residential School Murders. To fully understand what is being discovered in the present day, so even now, in 2023, we have to revisit the past. So in the 19th century, like 1886 to 1896, Canada had set aside some land for Indigenous people through treaties, and they often seized land in other parts, particularly British Columbia. Now, I am absolutely terrible at geography. I very often, especially recently, have enlisted my boss, who is Canadian, to help me better understand where everything is located in Canada. Because to me, it's just one big land mass Mm -hmm. above North America. Uh, so yeah. he explained that British Columbia is the farthest province west and oh, okay. is north of Washington state. So it's right above Washington. Oh, okay. A lot of the land in this province was taken from the indigenous peoples. So it was around 1883 when the Canadian government forced indigenous children to attend residential schools. These schools were often very far from their communities and they were forced to live there while attending. The whole point of them attending these schools was basically to make them be more Caucasian, more white in a sense, more like the white man. These children, as young as three, were forced from their homes and their parents didn't have a choice. They weren't asked. They were forced. The parents had Mm -hmm. to give up their children and send them away. It was not known at the time the horrors that awaited them at these residential schools. Most of these schools were operated by the Catholic Church, and the use of indigenous languages and indigenous cultural practices was strictly prohibited. Violence was often used to enforce this ban. On top of being forced to leave their families, these children were also forced to leave behind a way of life that was a comfort to them. They weren't allowed to... effed up. Every cultural practice that they were raised to do, they weren't allowed to do anymore. They weren't allowed to speak their native tongue. It was which how? Because do they even know English? They were taught English like well enough to speak it fluently. Eventually, they were, but I mean, these tiny little three-year-olds. It was probably very difficult for them mm-hmm. to understand. I mean, they're being more or less beat if they are using their native tongue. Yeah. So they're learning very quickly that if they don't want to be hurt, they have to learn the English language. So probably the influence of fear Mm -hmm. made these kids learn English quicker. Much faster, Mm -hmm. yeah. They were told that their entire way of life was unacceptable and that it wouldn't be tolerated anymore. Violence wasn't the only form of abuse that was reportedly used against Indigenous peoples. It's been reported that sexual abuse, physical abuse and emotional abuse were all used against the indigenous children for decades before anything was done about it. And you know what that makes me think of instantly? Obviously, the rest of it is terrible, but it makes me think of these children who are probably told, if you don't do this, you don't do this, 
we're gonna kill your family sort of thing. Oh, I'm sure. And the pressure and the amount of trauma you are putting out, oh, mm-hmm. uh, that really breaks my heart. Yep. And to be so young mm-hmm. and not even to understand what's going on. Yeah. One of the most notorious schools that enforced this way of living and teaching was called Kamloops Residential School, which operated from 1890 to 1970. It was once one of Canada's largest schools for Indigenous peoples, with over 500 children attending at its peak. The school was run by the Roman Catholic Church until 1969, when it was taken over by the federal government. The federal government had actually received multiple reports from an inspector and a doctor that students at the Kamloops School were extremely malnourished. There are photos of these children that show how malnourished they look and how they they do not even look like an indigenous child. The only way you'd really be able to tell is their dark hair and their dark complexion, but they are dressed in like modern civilization clothes. Their hair is cut very short. You wouldn't know Mm -hmm. by looking at this photo. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. This discovery of all of these malnourished children was enough for the federal government to step in and close the doors to the Kamloops school and prevent any additional harm being brought on to another child. Unfortunately, though, it would be done too late. About 20 years ago, so about 2003, efforts had begun to find remains at the former Kamloops school grounds. Members of the Tikamlips Sekwepemek First Nation discovered human remains after using ground penetrating radar. Ground penetrating radar is considered a geophysical method that uses radar pulses to image the subsurface. It is considered the least invasive way to determine what is underneath the surface. It makes sense that this method was used in this particular situation because they don't want human remains to be compromised while they conduct their search. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that it was impossible for bodies to be recovered without damage. So do, using the ground penetrating radar is probably the only way that they could properly determine if there were bodies yeah. on these school grounds. And I should just go on to say that a lot of these school grounds just recently, the schools were torn down and it was basically just concrete put on top of where the building was or the school was torn down and there's just nothing there anymore but over time rumors had circulated that children had died and their bodies were just discarded on the grounds so we're going to get into it more but I just kind of want to go on saying that the reason why they use the ground penetrating radar is because there's concrete down okay so in order to dig through the concrete they could very easily a huge ordeal yeah after surveying a large part of the school grounds it was believed that 215 bodies had been buried in unmarked graves oh my gosh Mm -hmm. further analysis over time revealed that it was closer to 200 but the land is still being surveyed little by little the surveying showed 200 oh my gosh yeah that's insane the surveying showed that some of the bodies belonged to children as young as three years old. The majority of the buried bodies were in unmarked graves that were not documented by any means, so there's no way of knowing who these bodies belong to because it's impossible to recover them. Wow. Since it wasn't seeming likely for the bodies to be unearthed and it still 
is not likely because of how many there are and considering that some of them are located directly under concrete. Mm -hmm. It's not possible to determine how each child had died, but once it was made clear that sinister things had been happening, the Canadian government was forced to hear from 6,750 witnesses over a six-year period and learn about the horrors behind these residential schools. During the testimonies of these witnesses, it was discovered that the system that was created with these residential schools created the perfect foundation for what can only be described as cultural genocide. Literally, it sounds like the freaking Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a very small version of it. Yeah. But... Well, it just goes to show how poorly the indigenous people were treated. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... And cared for. Like, Yeah, in 1969 and 1970, it's not that long ago. It still very It's like very 53 much, years ago? Yeah. 69, because my yeah. mom was born in 69. Yeah. So it's really not that long ago. And that was just when they discovered that these kids were being abused and they shut down the schools. So from 1890 to 1969, these schools were ripping children from their families, forcing them to attend there, and essentially murdering. Mass I know. Murdering. I just can't imagine what those parents went through. Yeah, we get into that as well. It's... I just can't imagine that. Mm-mm. Like, you have a kid, Not knowing. they're three years old. Mm-hmm. Like, three and years just old. Taken from you. That mm-hmm. is so little. Yep. Though I, Kamloops uh, was the residential, residential school with the highest number of students, it is not the only residential school where bodies had been discovered. In June of 2021, so very recently, the grounds where the Marieville Indian Residential School was located was also searched with the ground penetrating radar and found 751 hits. What? So what that means is that roughly 600 bodies were located in unmarked graves on the grounds that the school had operated. So 800 kids mm-hmm. total with the other roughly. school in this school. But that's just, again, we're going to get a little bit more into it, but that's just bodies that were put in unmarked graves. You'll f- see more as we get through that there were probably over thousands of children that were murdered. And just to put this in perspective for people, mm-hmm. not, people, okay, not, during 9-11, like, I think it was like 2,100 people died or something like that. Let me, okay, no, 2,900 people died in 9-11, okay, which, it, which was a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And to think, these people came into someone's home mm-hmm. and stole, practically kidnapped their kid, mm-hmm. and everyone knew about it. Like, mm-hmm. the community knew about it. Yep. Okay, to give you some perspective, just because I know people are still very traumatized about 9-11, and... It's still such a crazy thing in the U.S. history. Mm-hmm. But to think, like, I know it's, like, very different, but at the same time, like, body count, if you think of it that in that sense. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot for 9-11. We have the huge uh, Ground Zero mm-hmm. memorial site. And well, to think these kids... Well, a life is a life. Years and years later... Yeah. We're just now like, oh, let's look into this. Well, and the fact that it was happening, like I said, from the 1890s to like 1970. Actually, the Marieville Indian Residential School was operated from 1899 to 1997. So very recently, that one, that school was open and children were still being forced in the 90s from their homes. That's seriously To attend these schools. So I will say 
it is Canada, but America's not much better. So the Maryville Indian Residential School was located in Saskatchewan, which is east of British, British Columbia. After Maryville Indian Residential School closed and was demolished, the Kawasas First Nation settled on that land. Kawasas First Nation is who had initiated the search of the grounds to see if there were any unmarked graves. At one point, there had actually been marked graves of these bodies, but the Roman Catholic Church ultimately removed the markers over time, leaving it impossible to know who the victims are. The discovery of all these victims left the indigenous peoples wanting answers and demanding that Canada recognize the injustices that they have faced for decades. Before the grounds of these schools had even been looked at, the Canadian government knew that there were sinister things happening at these residential schools. From witness testimonies, it was confirmed that when infectious diseases swept through the schools, mass casualties had happened. It I can imagine. It was also testified that students also died while trying to escape. Oh, my God. Priests were said to have fathered infants with indigenous students. <gasps> and the babies were then taken away from their mothers and often thrown into furnaces to cover up the crime. Very, very horrendous and very sinister. And these are all witness testimonies. These are all victims. They are either family members whose children were taken away or they themselves had attended the schools and they saw the horrors of what was happening at these schools. So all of these witness testimonies, I 100% wholeheartedly believe in anything they say. Because of how horrible. You know, this is the craziest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously. Because this is so similar to the Holocaust. I mean, it's a much smaller scale. I understand that. But at the same time, what the actual hell? Well, it's similar to the Holocaust, yes. And it's also different in the fact that, I mean, it's it's another group of people coming into these communities, convincing these indigenous peoples, we're taking your children and we're going to give them a proper education and they're going to be great members of society. We're doing them a favor and we're doing you a favor. Yeah. And these schools were just, I mean, they were basically being walked to, a lot of these kids were being walked to their death. Yeah. And the thing that I'm also most confused, so it was open about 100 years, if my yeah, math roughly. is correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. So about like 97, 93 years yeah. or whatever. And weren't these parents, like, were they notified their kid was da- yep. dead? Okay. So we're getting into okay. that right I was going to say, because I'm just so confused. Were they waiting the four years or the, I mean, how long was, what was the school ages? Like it was, was it from like 12 to kindergarten or something or? Uh, no. So some of the students just, were, I mean, I, I don't really know if they had grades, so to speak. I think that they grouped them together most likely by age. But okay. some of the students were as young as three and as old as I think I read as um, like 13, 14. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'm just confused. What were the parents told? Like, are they going to go there for X amount of years and come home? Or I, Yeah, like, I uh, think they were basically told, your children are coming with us. They're going to attend these schools. They're going to be taught the Catholic way. They're going to be taught English, and they're going to be taught to live the way that these people believed you should live. Yeah. And they're going to be able to be better... Um, citizens of society more or less they basically went in and made these families believe that their children going to these schools was going to be what was better for them that in the long run they would live a better life by having these experiences and having 
these trades, so to speak, being able to speak English, being able to read and write, being able to look a, like a white like, person, look like a white person and act like a white person. That's so crazy. And that at, at that time, it was believed that that was the way that life should be lived. You should be Catholic. You should live the Catholic way. And the way that the indigenous people lived and what they believed, it was, it was not like evil. okay. Yeah. Yep. Catholics Back got then, away with a lot. Like, yeah. and it's crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of sexual assault and uh, pedophiles and like, heck, we were mm-hmm. reading um, about Brian Schaefer. Yep. He was going to a Catholic school. And then it was found out that the... Tons of the priests mm-hmm. or fathers or whatever you want to call them were being inappropriate with students, mm-hmm. but still living on campus. Yep. Like, this is nuts that, that we just let them get away with it. Mm-hmm. Continuously throughout the decades, it's been happening. Mm-hmm. And we we're just kind of like, oh, the Catholics again. Like, oh, those what the... Catholics. And I know it's not an every person thing. I, I I'm well, and not I, ignorant to that, are, but yes. and we're not you're, we're not trying to bash any religion, but it's just very unfortunate that it's continuously a lot of people Catholic. that are Catholic have taken their religion, they've thrusted it on, upon people, yeah, and they use it as an excuse for some of the things that they've said and done. Like, oh well, yeah, unfortunately, some of these students had a really horrendous time at our schools but you know we're just trying to teach them to be catholic we're trying to make life better for them we're yeah. trying to show them like this is what god told live. me what to do yes or whatever the whatever they're saying it their excuses it's mm-hmm. it's crazy wow okay. so Sorry. parents of these indigenous students would often write letters and try desperately to find answers to what had happened to their children most times the families were given very vague answers or they were told that their child had run away and disappeared even what? when the schools would acknowledge a student's death, they would not send the body back to their families. In Native American culture... Probably due to them being malnourished mm-hmm. and beaten and this and this. Because if you sent that body home, their family would be like, what in the actual is this? Like, what happened? In Native American culture, it's imperative to have the body of a loved one, though, in mm-hmm. order to perform their rituals. So I can't even imagine these families being told, yep, your child has passed away and nope, you can't have the body. We cremated it without mm-hmm. your permission. Pretty so, much is what I'm guessing they did. Yeah. It wasn't until the 1960s that the schools would send back a body only if it was cheaper than burying them on the school grounds. Essentially, anytime a student died, their bodies were buried on school grounds and their families were left never knowing what happened to them. So then, okay, they're burying these kids. That makes me question, though. Mm-hmm. So w- with the radar, we're finding about 800-ish kids. Yep. Possibly mm-hmm. more because we're they're only doing such so little mm-hmm. at a time. That makes me wonder, how many did they burn? Exactly. Because if there's rumors that they burn the children that the yeah. priests are impregnating the children mm-hmm. with, how many did they burn? Because that's... It is widely speculated that the government had known about what was happening in the residential schools and looked the other way. For decades, it was proven more and more that the Canadian government was not going to prioritize the safety of the indigenous peoples and their children. In total, it is believed that close to 10,000 children lost their lives while staying in these residential schools. Oh my God. They have been called the missing children, a national truth 
and Reconciliation Commission was set up by the Canadian government in 2015 and continued to work off of the progress made by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. The TCR was established as part of a legal settlement made between the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement, the Survivors, the Government of Canada, the Assembly of First Nations and Inuit representatives, and the church bodies that had run residential schools. So basically, the government was admitting like, okay, there was wrongdoing here. Let's make a settlement. So there was a settlement made with all these people. This commission is tasked with making sure that the survivors and families of the victims' voices are heard and acknowledged. The commission also makes sure to aid families in finding out what could have happened to their children that suddenly disappeared while attending the residential schools. So this commission... So I feel like they're playing dumb. They're not, like, saying, yeah, we... Well, the government is, so that's That's what I mean, yeah. Like, they're like, oh, we'll help you find out. We all know what effing happened. Well, the commission's taking on... The commission is basically run by indigenous people themselves oh, okay so the commission is taking on the tasks that the government will not take on they are looking into records they're talking to victims to witnesses and they're trying to help families of all these victims try to find any type of closure that they possibly can ultimately indigenous children were forced to dislike their way of living and the indigenous peoples in canada still feel that way the indigenous people still adamantly believe that the canadian government has a long way to go to try and resolve what has happened over such a long period of time prime minister justin trudeau has prioritized and recognized the injustices against the indigenous peoples while he has held office he has exclaimed that he knows there is still a lot that needs to be done to make up for the past but he is hopeful that he and the rest of Canada can start moving in the right direction. After the discoveries on the grounds of the residential schools in Canada, the United States government has recently announced that they will also be launching an investigation into the Native American boarding schools that were operating in the United States. It is believed that the United States government overlooked mass abuse as well, and it is possible that there are unmarked burial sites. Oh my god. So the US Where in like Washington? Uh anywhere that there have been these boarding schools. I was unable to find a lot of information on where the boarding schools were at in the United States, but it was mostly out west or in like the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these boarding schools have also been demolished. But after all of these findings came out in Canada, there was a lot of pressure put on the US government to look into their boarding schools which were basically the they were the exact same thing as the residential schools they were just called boarding schools yeah but native american children were forced from their homes here in the u.s and forced to go to these boarding schools so i would not be surprised if in the next few years to five years it comes out that there are unmarked unmarked burial sites in the united states the crimes committed against the indigenous children is something that will continue to be addressed for many years to come. The indigenous peoples of Canada refuse to allow their voices to be silenced and will keep advocating for the survivors and victims of this genocide. Every year they have a candlelit vigil uh, where the schools were located and have since been demolished. And they light thousands and thousands of candles And it's a lot like the last case I did where they light the candles so the spirits of these victims don't feel so alone Alone. because in Native American 
well, for indigenous people, their ritual is without a body, the soul cannot be move released. On. They yeah. cannot move on. So all of these children are believed to basically be trapped. And Their like souls the are land, trapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they will light these candles to give light and try to make these children feel not so alone. That is so sad. Like I am, I literally could cry right now. I just, it's that hor- is so <laughs> sad. It was really hard putting together this case. I did leave out a lot, some details, just because in my opinion, I don't think that they're imperative because they're horrendous. Yeah. And some of what I even had to put in here was rather horrendous. But it's there are a lot of websites and groups committed to helping victims find any type of resolution. But it's really hard to believe that. I mean, we learn in school all about, like you said, the Holocaust. You learn mm-hmm. about it. You know it pretty much back and forth. You yes. know all of it. Yeah. But you weren't taught this. Oh, no. I've never heard of this in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing, back to this is... I still am, like, stuck on this. What – so, they're obviously, you say, keep saying there's victims that are still mm-hmm. alive and talking yeah. and things like that. So, how did they get out? They basically did their time, and they graduated, quote-unquote graduated yeah. from the school. So, once they basically completed – or they escaped. Some of these victims, they were able to escape. They were able to escape the school, and then they would go home and tell their family members about what had happened. But – the indigenous peoples, they were so looked over mm-hmm. that even if a family member came and said, or if, even if a whole tribe came to the government and said, we believe our children, they're not missing. We believe they were murdered. The government just kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll, yeah, sure we'll get did. someone out yeah. there to look into it. And then it was when an investigator and a doctor went and looked into it at the Kamloops school that they were like, oh my God. This, this is, is horrible. Terrible, yeah. But then it still took another almost 30 years for the other residential school to be shut down. So a lot of these victims, some of these victims were at school and they were able to leave because they more or less completed their course. Mm-hmm. Some of the victims, um, when the school got shut down, they were released back home because the school no longer was open. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the kids that attended these schools were ultimately killed which is horrible that's so crazy and my guess too is that they weren't like when it talks about um when diseases had spread through you know a lot of diseases had vaccinations Mm -hmm. but i highly doubt they they allowed any of these vaccinations to be given to these kids yeah so heck i they probably didn't even have a nurse on site Mm -mm. they probably were like oh good you're sick now you can die. Yeah. Like, literally. If you have any information about the residential school murders or you believe that you or a family member may have been a victim of these crimes, please call the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation at one 415 As always, thank you for listening to Crime Connections. If you so kindly would please follow, share, or go like us on Facebook at Crime Connections, or follow us on Instagram at Crime Connections Pod. If you have any news, tips, or cases you want us to look into, please feel free to email or DM us. We love hearing from you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.